hi, I'm Matt Wolf. I'm your uh, lead pastor here at Arise Church. If you don't know me, I want to get to know you. Go to risedenver.com slash new, and I'll reach out to you. Or stay after this service. We have some coffee and donuts out in the cafe area. We were going to do it outside, but uh, we decided to move it into the cafe today. Um, so if you're here in person or if you're watching online, just drive on over. The roads aren't too bad. Get here uh, after the service, and we'll have some coffee together. Um, I'd love to get to know you a little bit more. Um, Christmas Eve was great, wasn't it? Yeah, we saw over a thousand people join us online, so we were really excited about that. Yeah, that's pretty exciting. And then, you know, Sawyer gave a great message. We have such a great staff and volunteer team. I was completely out of pocket, and they ran everything last week. Awesome. It was so good. Make sure if you missed Sawyer's message, go back and watch that or listen to it. It was good, because we do need to forget what lies behind and strain towards what's ahead, right? Especially for 2021. Um, One thing I wanted to do before we jump into the service, or I'm sorry, the message and this series is uh, just pray for our nation. Doesn't that, isn't that something we're supposed to do? So let's just do that for a second. Would you bow with me as we pray? Um, Lord God, we just pray for our nation. This has been another tough week for our nation, for for people. We're wondering what's going on. We're confused. We're angry. There's conflict um, even at the national stage, Lord God, and we pray that you bring peace to our country. We pray that you bring peace um, for those people who are angry at each other. Even us, as we have anger, Lord God, we repent of that and and ask that you'd use us to be peacemakers. Lord, you tell us in your word that that if we, we seek your face, if we turn from our sinful ways, and if we cry out to heaven that you will hear us, that you will forgive us and heal our land. So we're going to claim that promise today, Lord God, as we turn to you saying that yes, sometimes we are the people at the front of the line being angry in creating unnecessary conflict. And we pray that you would forgive us and that you'd forgive our nation and bring healing to our country. We pray that you bring peace ahead and use us to be those agents of peace, agents of reconciliation, because as you said, blessed are the peacemakers. I pray, God, that you would help people, especially as they deal with anger online or in person or in rallies, Lord, that we'd have peace in our nation, especially this year. We pray for our new leadership that's getting put in at the national stage from congressmen to senators, and especially for our president and vice president who are coming into office this next week. I pray that you, uh, in in the next uh, week and a half, Lord God, that you would lead them and guide them, be with uh, President Biden and Vice President um, Harris, that you would give them wisdom, help them make wise decisions for our nation, lead us as a people more to you, um, that you protect our country and, and, and bring peace. We also pray for an end to this pandemic. Lord God, we pray that you'd help the rollout of this vaccine, but more than that, we pray that there would be an end completely to this plague on this land, that you would help end the pandemic very soon, that people would be protected for those who are hurt and sick right now, that you provide them healing for those who are um, in, in loss and in grief right now, that you'd provide them comfort and hope. We pray that you be with us all today, whether we are here in person or online, that you'd open up our ears to hear what you have for us today, that you'd open up our hearts to believe it and our feet to obey it. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, great. Um, So we are in our series, The Quest, today. The Quest. Because don't we love stories? I think we love stories. There's an old Hasidic saying that says that God made men to tell stories. That we love stories, we respond to stories. There's been all sorts of studies that say when you tell a story, people donate more money. When you tell a story, people are more likely to buy your goods online. (laughs) People love stories. It's why um, presidents tell stories. There's even a a saying that the the one who tells the best stories wins. Okay, In marketing, in leadership, in politics, 
in life because we love stories. We respond to stories. There's something inside of us that does that. Christopher Booker um, is, was a scholar and he studied stories for his lifetime and he wrote this tome of a book and he basically said, if you look at all the different stories in our culture and going back millennia, that you would see seven basic plots. That's his premise, that you see these stories that recur again and again and again. There are stories like overcoming the monster, like Beowulf out to slay the dragon. There are stories that are rags to riches story, where someone on the bottom rises to the top, like Oliver Twist. And, and, and we see these stories that, that just seem to occur again and again. There's tragedies and there's comedies. There's uh, journeys uh, to a far-off destination and return, like around the world in 80, 80 days. 80 days. It's been a while since I've read that one. There's these stories that we hear again and again and again. But what he says is one of the most um, beloved of these stories and the most easy for us to recognize is the quest. The quest. This story, as we told in our little promo, it begins with an unlikely hero who hears a call and starts a journey. And on that journey, they are led by a wise guide. They have companions surrounding them that they face obstacles and temptations to overcome. And then they finally reach a goal. We see this quest all over the place. It goes way back to stories like the Odyssey or, or, or more modern stories like the Lord of the Rings. We love these stories we see them not only in our literature, but also in our movies like Raiders of the Lost Ark or, or another Indiana Jones, The Last Crusade, which goes all the way back to King Arthur and his knights setting off on a quest to find the Holy Grail, right? These stories just occur again and again and again. There are stories like The Princess Bride or Finding Nemo. These, this same plot of the quest occurs again and again, and, and though there are lots of different variations, lots of different characters, and lots of different ordeals and obstacles that these characters run into, that same basic plot occurs again and again and again. Now, Christopher Booker, as someone who is not religious at all, probably the opposite, his theory is that there's something deep inside of our human psyche that responds to these stories. That's why we tell them again and again and love them. Uh, I, I think he's right, although I don't think it's the id and ego and superego and all that psychological mumbo-jumbo. I think that it's something that God put inside of us. That he created us in a way that we respond to stories. That's why at least 40% of the Bible is stories. Because we hear these stories and something happens within our heart and within our soul. We respond emotionally and we cry even to stories we've heard again and again and again, don't we? This is what we do. We love stories. And I believe that this particular plot is one that applies to all of us because God has called each one of us on a quest. I'm not the first one to say this. Uh, Watchman Nee, the great uh, Chinese Christian leader of the last century, said that the Christian experience from start to finish is a journey of faith. But even beyond that, back in the 1600s, there was a man by the name of John Bunyan, not Paul Bunyan, the guy with the big blue ox, not that one, okay, John Bunyan, who was an actual dude who lived in England and was arrested for his faith, wrote a book that you may have read called Pilgrim's Progress. It is still one of the best-selling books of all time. It's up there uh, above Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, which is also a quest, okay? This is one of the best-selling books of stories of, and, and most read stories of all time. 
So I'd encourage you, if you haven't read that, go, you should read that. That's a good, good book. But, but it tells that we as followers of Jesus, because the main character in that story is Christian. Okay, it's an allegory, right? And Christian sets off on a journey, on a destination, a quest. So the Christian life is a quest. And I believe in the book of Hebrews that we're going to look at throughout this whole series, it's a very similar progression of the plot. That we as followers of Jesus are on a quest that it's epic, that it's an adventure that we are called to, that we are invited on. So what I hope through this series, we can begin to see our lives that way, the way God sees us, the way Jesus had calls us, has called us to live. So today we're going to look at one passage in Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 3, and then throughout this series we'll keep coming back to that passage and throughout Hebrews. But since we're not going to cover the entire book of Hebrews, like in, in this series, it's just going to be a six-week series, I do encourage you to read it all in one sitting. Okay, they say that the average reader can read the book of Hebrews in 45 minutes. So if you're a slow reader, you can do it in an hour, right? If you're fast, you can get it even quicker, right? But I encourage and challenge everyone to do that this week, okay? So before we get together next week, read that entire book. It's just uh, 13 chapters. It's not super long, 45 minutes. Set aside some time so that you can see the arc of the whole story. Sometimes we miss that when we just read a little verse or chapter, right? So I want to encourage you to do that because that's where we'll be throughout this series as we see this journey that we're called on, this epic quest that we are called to. So we're going to see that from this passage and then we're going to dive a little bit deeper into the first section of the quest plot, which is the call. So I hope you guys are excited about this series. I have been too excited about it. Uh, this is going to be a lot of fun. So if you have a Bible, go, with, uh, go ahead and open it with me to Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. If you are using the YouVersion Bible app, you can use that as well. Look for our event, and we have the passage and a couple other verses we'll reference as well. There you can take notes and save them. It's pretty cool that you can do that at the app. If you're in person, get there as well as we look at Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. So there we read, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Verse 3, Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. This well-known passage is, is beloved. I, I memorized it when I was in middle school. I've gone back to it again and again, because it tells about this journey that we are called to. And I believe in just these first three verses of this chapter, we see kind of the entire quest in just a few verses, and I want to show you this. So, so let's look back at verse 1 together. It says, uh, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, and then jump down to the next sentence where it says, And let us run with perseverance. So here's a call. We're on a journey. Let's run. This language that the author of Hebrews is using is probably the language of competition, of the games, the Greek and Roman games, which we know of as the Olympics today, right? Or in the Colosseum, which was active in the first century A.D., where people would compete, whether in races or, or uh, on foot or in, uh, on chariot, and, and they would run fast, okay? This is the time when, like, the marathon was invented, right? These long races were run. 
And this language is, is talking about running because you're on this long journey. Three different times in this passage, it talks about persevering, pushing forward, enduring. That the word perseverance in Greek actually occurs three times in just these three verses because it's a journey that you have to keep pushing forward. So we see at the beginning that there's this call, let us run. There's an invitation. Come on, let's do this, guys. The, the call is present in this passage. The second aspect of the quest is the guide. Now, I'm stretching a little bit for this, this point, but we'll, we'll focus on this one actually next week so you'll see, make it a little bit clearer. But it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, if you read Hebrews chapter 11, which you're going to this week when you read through the book, you're going to see that this therefore is referring back to all the heroes of the faith in Hebrews chapter 11. People like Abraham, Isaac, Rahab. And these heroes that have gone before, they've gone on the journey, they've gone on the quest, so we can look to them as our guide. And even now, they're watching us, cheering us on from the stadium seats. So there's a guide that, that leads us. We can look to and say, okay, I, I know where to go next because somebody has gone there before me. Then the third aspect of the quest is the companions. Three different times in just this first verse, it says, us, let us throw off. Let us run with perseverance. The race marked out for us. The journey of the Christian faith, this quest is not one you're supposed to do on your own. We are meant to do it together. We are meant to do it together. It's us. It's us. We're in this together. Let's run together. We need companions around us to encourage us and challenge us. So the third week in the series, we'll talk about the companions we need. And then the fourth um, aspect are the obstacles that we run into. Let us throw off everything that hinders, it says. Because there are lots of things that hinder. There's the imagery here of you being weighted down and having to throw off the weights that are slowing you down. As we're running this way, throw off everything that hinders so you can make better speed. All these obstacles that you're going to run to, and you will run into obstacles. I'm telling you this right now, it's an epic journey, and we know that from our favorite quest stories. There's conflict, there's monsters, there's all sorts of stuff that we run into on the journey, and these obstacles we have to overcome. We have to persevere through them. So the obstacles is the fourth week, and then after that are the temptations and the sin that so easily entangles because we are tempted to sin and sometimes it's our own bad decisions that lead us into distraction, into destruction, into wasting time. Sometimes the temptation we face is just to not do anything. We're busy with life, we're distracted and we stop running on this journey. We stop going after the quest. So we need to learn to overcome temptations. That's week five. And then the final week, week six is the goal. Verse 2, we see fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith, for the joy set before him. There is joy, there is true happiness, there is eternity ahead if we follow Jesus. There's guides ahead that will help us, but ultimately we, we fix our eyes on Jesus because he has gone on this quest before us. He has finished the journey. We follow after him and we reach the ultimate goal. Even Jesus when he was beaten, when he was uh, facing the shame of the cross to be executed like the poorest, worst of the criminals, it says that he had did it for the joy set before him. So even the worst, hardest things that we will face on this epic journey are worth it because the cross makes it worth it. What Jesus did for the joy set before him and the joy set before us in turn is the goal. So in just these three verses, it's really like a microcosm of this whole quest that we're going to be talking about throughout this whole series. And I hope that you guys 
are excited about this because so many times in our lives, if we really look around, we're like, man, things don't feel meaningful. Why am I doing this? What's the point of that? Or sometimes we've been on a quest for a long time and the thing we're chasing after, we get it. You know, you get married, you get the job, you get the career that you always wanted, the big house, and then you get it and you're like, that's it? See, all those little quests are nothing compared to the great quests that Jesus calls us on. And I hope that as we start this series that you guys will say, hey, I want to be on this quest, the most important one. I want the joy. I want to reach that goal. I want to finish the journey. It's worth it. So I hope that you will either start your journey with us or, or continue your journey, or, or some of you have just been not doing anything with your faith for a while. It's the beginning of the year. I'm going I'm to try this again, or, or hey, I haven't really grown at all in a long time. Maybe it's time for you to start this journey again and take a step. So what we're going to do now is really dive into the first aspect of this quest, which is the call. The call, because that's where it all starts, and today we're going to go to the beginning, right? The call. What is the call of this quest? So let me ask you guys, what's the call of the quest for Jesus followers? Follow Jesus. Okay, follow Jesus. It's pretty simple. It's our mission statement, right? Helping people follow Jesus. It's one of the most simple things. But this is the call of our journeys, our quests. In fact, Jesus makes it abundantly clear. I want to show you just three times, and he said it a whole bunch more than this, that Jesus shows us the call. Look in Matthew 4, 19 and 20, where Jesus says, Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. There's purpose to this. At once, they left their nets and followed him. These blue-collar workers, these guys who are busy at their jobs, providing for their families. Jesus says, Come follow me, and they leave everything to follow Jesus. Or, or look in Luke chapter 5. After this, Jesus went out and saw a tax collector. This guy's a white-collar dude, okay? He's wealthy, maybe skirting a few rules to, to make his money. By the name of Levi, sitting at his tax booth. Follow me, Jesus said. Same call, right? Follow me. And Levi got up, left everything, and followed him. We see the same thing in the Gospel of John as well. The next day, Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, follow me. Pretty simple. Follow me. And this is the same call, the same invitation Jesus is extending to each one of us. Follow me. Follow me. Take your next step. Come after me. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, right? Come follow me. It's a very simple call, and yet it is the most important call you will ever receive. And I hope that you will answer the call and take a step. Take a step forward. Now the call often comes to people in the form, like in the stories we love, in the form of a problem, oh there's something bad happening in the world, or, or sometimes it's opportunity, oh there's this great thing that you can have if you go after this quest. And I think it's both things in the call of Jesus. Uh, uh, just to make sure you guys all understand this aspect of the quest, I have a little clip from a movie we're going to watch, so we, we all make sure we're on the same page with the call. Benjamin Franklin Gates, you're undertaking the duty of the family Gates to find the most spectacular treasure in history. It grew throughout the ages and moved across continents until it was hidden by America's founding fathers who left clues to the treasure's location right before our eyes. The unfinished pyramid, the all-seeing eye, are telling us something. Keeping this treasure safe, Benjamin, 
is your destiny. National treasure, right? Remember that movie, Nicolas Cage, right? Um, the national treasure, it's, it's this treasure that's the quest, right? You've got to seek after this treasure and find this ancient treasure hidden by the Illuminati or whoever it is in that story, right? And often in these quest stories, it is a treasure, treasure island, okay? Um, and when people are called on these journeys, what's really interesting is that often they have never left home. They have no idea what's ahead. They just, there's, there's this sense that there's something out there, something better or something that they've got to fix so they've got to go, you know, in, in treasure island. Um, Jim Hawkins had never left his hometown, let alone been on a ship, let alone gone to a deserted island to find treasure, Okay, he has no idea what's ahead. And there's one point in the story where he starts to cry as he thinks about all the dangers ahead. Because we, we don't know what's ahead. It's why Bilbo Baggins, even though he's set on off as a burglar to find this treasure in the Lonely Mountain, has never left the Shire before. He doesn't know what's ahead or what's to be expected. So sometimes it is like a treasure like that. Sometimes um, people are, are leaving home for something better. They're trying to find a new home like Land Before Time. Remember that story? Okay. Or, or they're trying to find a person, like finding Nemo, or fish, I guess, or, or Taken. You know, he's, he's trying to find his daughter. He's on that quest. So these quests, sometimes it's it, what, whatever it is that people are going after. They're trying to get something, but when they leave home, when they receive the call at first, they have no idea what's ahead. That's the adventure of the whole thing, right? And it's a scary thing, because I think some of us, when we have this idea of the epic quest that Jesus calls us to follow him, we're thinking, well, what is he going to ask me to do? <laughs> what am I going to have to go through in my life? Is it going to be hard? Am I going to be persecuted? Uh, is, is it going to be challenging? And, and here's the thing, yes. You're wondering, is it safe? Can, can I leave home right now? I, I don't know about this. Any journey that we go on, we think, what do I need to pack? What do I need to wear? Do I have the right clothes? Do I have the right masks? I don't know what you guys are thinking about, but we're looking in the future and thinking, I, I don't know what's coming ahead. Is it going to be safe? And the answer is, it's not going to be safe. It's not going to be comfortable for this journey. It's going to be hard. It's going to be the hardest thing you will ever do. But it's worth it. It's worth it. In the beginning of The Lord of the Rings, um, J.R.R. Tolkien writes a line about Samwise Gamgee, of course, one of the companions. We'll talk about him in a couple weeks. But there's this line about Sam, and Tolkien writes, Sam was the only member of the party who had not been over the river before. He had a strange feeling as the slow, gurgling stream slipped by. His old life lay behind in the mists. Dark adventure lay in front. I like that, right? Dark adventure. He had no idea what he'd be going through. It's dark. It's scary. But it's adventure. <laughs> it's the greatest adventure you will ever go on. The most epic thing you could ever do with your life. It's the quest. So that's why I'm saying when you hear the call, and hopefully you hear it today, to follow me. Take a step. Start that journey. Move forward. You don't know what's ahead. You don't know what dragons you're going to have to slay or, or what fire swamps you might have to go through. We don't know. Just answer the call. Follow Jesus and take a step. Take a step. Now, I got really criticized by someone last year because I, I, I tell people what to do too much. Yeah, it's a little funny, right? 
they're like, you know, Matt, you, you just telling people, do this, do that, follow, take a step, do all this stuff. And I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah. So I just want to be very clear, like I was to this person. I will never say, and no one should ever say, you have to do something to be saved, right? When Jesus invites us to this journey, he saves us, he forgives us, based completely on him and what he's done. When we do stuff, it's not in order to be saved or in order to be forgiven or in order to earn this reward of salvation. It's not. It's because we get to go on this journey. Did you notice that in Hebrews 12 too? It says, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer, meaning he went first, and perfecter of faith. What's great is that Jesus took this journey ahead of us, going through the harshest things, the, scoring the shame of the Christ, the cross, facing opposition. He did all of those things and he perfected faith, meaning he did every single thing right. And that's great because none of us ever will. And because Jesus went ahead of us as the pioneer to pave the way, but also as the perfecter to finish it for us, all we have to do is go after him and we get to go after him. So it's not out of obligation, it's out of opportunity. It's not because we have to, but because we get to take another step. And that's why I want to challenge you guys, and that's why I tell you to do stuff, okay? Because it is absurd, let me say this, it is absurd to think when, when someone says, I believe in Jesus, but I don't want to belong to his church. What? Or, or I trust Jesus, but I don't want to take his advice. No, no, no. See, faith isn't complete till it gets to your feet, okay? Faith isn't complete till it gets to your feet, you are saved the moment you believe in your heart. I believe in Jesus. I'm saved. But then it's made complete as we take those steps of faith forward, whatever they are. Through obstacles, throwing off sin, getting up again when we've been knocked down, repenting when we've fallen into sin again. We get up and take the next step. So that's why I tell people to do stuff. <laughs> I'm challenging you to take the steps, not because you have to, but because you get to. This is an epic journey. This is the quest that you've been invited on. So respond to the call. Take a step. It's worth it. And that's why I want to encourage you and challenge you to take a step wherever you are in your journey to take a step. Maybe you are brand new to faith. Maybe you came on Christmas Eve and you're, you're curious and you just need to take a step and say, I'm going to believe today. Some of you have believed already, but you haven't been baptized. You haven't publicly told people that, uh, of your faith. You need to take that step. Others of you, you just need to take forward and say, take, take your step forward and say, hey, I'm going to start reading my scriptures. I, I really want to get to know the Bible. Or others, you need to choose community. You're going to sign up for a community group today because you're like, I don't have any companions. I've been doing this on my own and it's hard. I feel lost and alone right now. Okay, Some of you ha have been doing nothing for years and you're like, I have gotten nowhere in my faith. I look back five years from now, I'm the exact same today as I was five years ago. Maybe it's time for you to just get up and move ahead again. Or some of you have fallen into sin and you're like, man, I am so far off the trail. You're, you're watching this right now with a hangover. And, and I'm telling to you, it's time to get up, repent, and take another step forward because our master who calls us to follow him is the greatest master there ever was and he will forgive you again and again and again. He doesn't care how far you've fallen or no matter what you've done, he says, come follow me, there's always forgiveness in Jesus Christ. So keep moving forward wherever you are. Take a step. Take a step. And that's my challenge to you today. Yes, it is a challenge to do something. <laughs> to take a step. But I really want you to stop right now to process, think, what is my next step? Because whatever it is, that's what you're supposed to do. 
Like Martin Luther King Jr. says, faith is taking the next step even when you don't see the whole staircase. We are called to take a step. The call, the invitation, some of you are brand new at the beginning of this journey. You're like, I don't have any clue what's ahead. That's okay. Just take one step. Isn't that what they say with marathons? You know, the hardest, the hardest thing about a marathon is getting out the door, getting your shoes on, taking that first step. I still haven't run a marathon, but I've heard. Right? I ran a couple halves. Does that count? But it is. It's hard just to get going. So take a step. I hope that you will at some point get to the point where you're running like it says in this passage. But let's just take a step forward. Okay, moving just tiny steps forward, okay? You're going to be like the, the hare, right? Just keep moving forward <laughs> and just keep progressing, whatever it is. Take a step, get up again, move forward, take a step. So, so I have five different steps that maybe you could take today. Five different steps. The first one is for those of you who are brand new to faith and, and unsure about this, think, oh my gosh, Matt, um, I don't know, you're kind of weird. Just come get to know me a little bit more. I'm weirder than you think, Okay. Yeah, yeah, just, but just take a step. Your step, if you're brand new to this whole thing, is to commit to this series. Commit to this series. If you're new, you're watching us online for the first time, you're here in person first time, commit to this series. It's going to be six weeks. We're taking that one-week break, but we've already gone through one week. You already got through one week, so there's just six weeks ahead, right? Just commit to that, saying, I'm going to be here in person. I'm going to be here online. I'm going to set my reminders. I'm going to set my alarm weekly. To, to, to make sure I'm there. If I'm traveling out of town, I'm going to go online and I'm going to watch the service or watch the message afterwards on YouTube or on my uh, phone app that I have podcasts. You can get all that. Man, we got great technology, don't we? But your commitment is to this series. I'm going to finish the quest. At least find out the whole picture of the quest before you reject it. Let me just give you that, right? Find out the whole quest before you say, I'm not going on that quest. Okay? So that's the first step is to commit to this series. The second step the second step for you may be to put your faith in Jesus Christ and decide, I will follow him as my Lord and Savior. Okay, I'm going to give an opportunity for you to pray at the end of this message in just a few minutes so that you can pray and accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Maybe that's your step and you're saying, hey, I'm going to, to pray so that I can be saved, so that I can be made perfect by the perfecter as I follow him. Maybe that's your step that you need to take today. The third step for some of you is to choose community. Okay, you've been doing it on your own too long. Choose community. Get in a community group, okay? You can go to risedenver.com slash community groups. Pick one of those. Find ones that's, that, that fits your time. You can go back in the back. We have a kiosk now that you can plug it in on the iPad. Talk with Sawyer. He's our concierge. He'll tell you the perfect community group for you. And if you're like, I don't find one in my schedule, well, you are leading the new one that fits into your schedule, okay? That's what we're going to do. We're going to challenge you. Sawyer, that, you, you can figure that out, right? Um, um, so, but the point is to choose community. You're saying, I need companions. I'm going to do this together. That's your step of faith, step three. Step four is to just take that step of obedience. And I'm saying that because I don't know what your step of obedience is. But if you feel God pulling you, if you feel the Holy Spirit whispering you to do something, stop ignoring it and do it. Okay? I don't know what that is for you. Uh, I, maybe it's to serve somewhere. Maybe it's to give somewhere. Maybe it's, hey, this is the year I'm going to be a tither finally. I think God is putting that on your heart right now. I'm kidding, but only kind of, no. Uh, but, but yeah, you're, you're going to start giving generously. Whatever your step of faith is, maybe it's to move, maybe it's to quit a job or start a relationship or end a relationship, but there's something that God is telling you to do. Just do it, okay? Obey what God is telling you to do. Take that step of faith. So that's the fourth thing. And the fifth thing, for those of you who have been journeying for a while, is to help somebody else take a step of faith, Okay? 
Maybe that's the step you need to take today. You're saying, hey, I am running. I'm doing great right now. I feel like I'm really getting my resolutions down. Okay, I'm, I'm doing well. Okay, I'm moving ahead in my faith. I'm growing. But helping people follow Jesus, our mission is not just about you. It's about the person you're going to help. And helping someone follow Jesus means help them take a step. So you think of all those five steps and you're thinking, okay, I see this person. Maybe I need to send them this series and say, just watch the series. You want to do it. Just, just check it out, okay? That, that's your helping someone take it. Maybe it's to invite them into your community group, saying, hey, I know, I, I've been seeing you around in church for a while. Come, come, come hang out with us in our community group. You've got to come on Tuesday nights. Um, whatever it is, I, I just want you to think, okay, if this is your fifth, fifth step for you, is who can I help to take a step? Because that's all it is. Just help them to take one step forward. You don't need to take them across the finish line, right? That's what Jesus does. Our job is just encourage them to take a step and follow Jesus. So what is the step that God is putting on your heart today? There's the call, follow me. What's the step that you're going to take? How is God leading you right now? And will you obey? I want to do one thing. Can I have everybody stand up right now? Everybody stand up. If you're watching online, stand up. Parents make your kids stand up. Kids make your parents stand up. Okay. Because we need some practice. I know this. I want everyone right now to take a step. Okay, now take a step with the other foot. Okay, now slide to the right. I'm kidding. Okay, no, I'm kidding. Okay, you can sit down again. Okay, the, the point is, we just got to take a step. Sometimes you just got to get up and do it. And, and we're here as a community that's saying, we're going to do this together. We're going to take that step of faith. We're going to encourage each other and challenge each other. Whatever it is, take your step. So what is your step? It's time to take it. It's time to take it. Faith isn't complete till it gets to your feet. So answer the call. Take a step. Let's pray. Lord God, um, you have called us on a journey, an adventure, and sometimes it feels like it's a dark adventure out in front. We don't know what we're going to run into. But Lord God, I pray that you'd continue to pull us forward to help us have the endurance, the perseverance to keep moving forward wherever we are. I pray that you'd give us just the little oomph we need to get moving, that push, maybe to, to pull us up because we have been sitting on our butt for too long. Lord God, whatever it is, help us to make that step today and follow after you on this great, epic journey, this quest that you have called us on. Now, with everybody's eyes closed, heads bowed, I want to give an opportunity for people to make Jesus their Lord and Savior and follow him today for the first time. So if you are a follower of Jesus already, please say this prayer to give somebody around you some courage to say this prayer for the first time. Can you do that and repeat this prayer after me? Okay. Dear God, thank you for loving me. I'm a sinner. I need a Savior. Forgive me. Save me. I declare that Jesus is Lord. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Help me to follow you and serve you till I reach the goal. Amen. Now with heads bowed, eyes closed still, if you said that prayer for the first time, accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, just slip your hand into the air. I want to encourage you and pray for you. If you're online watching, go to risedenver.com slash follow. Fill out that form. I'm going to send you a, a gift. I got a, a good one in mind right now. So just go to risedenver.com slash follow. Fill that out. And I want to encourage you on this new quest that you're on. Now let's, let's pray for all of us. Lord God, we just pray and we worship you. We are thankful that you sent your son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for us, to forgive us of our sins, and to invite us on the greatest quest we could ever imagine. I pray that you would just continue to help us move forward. 
and follow you anywhere. Amen.